1: Welcome friends to another r slash pro revenge video today we've got a story involving lending three thousand dollars but first a story from blatantly ridiculous a picture is worth a thousand burns so i'd been with ben for 18 years before i'd finally had enough and asked for a divorce he moved several hours away near his mom also meant he left me to raise our kids by myself with little child support and never seeing the kids I decided it was time to have a family portrait done as it had been a while. We went and had a sitting. As we were looking through the digital images to pick out what to order, my oldest asked if we could send one to grandma, his mother. I told her I didn't think my grandma would want a picture with me in it, but I would be happy to order her a picture of just the kids on it. My oldest swore grandma would want me in the pics and always made sure to ask about me and how I was doing. Heard from Ben's best friend that he hated the fact that his mom told him he screwed up the best thing that ever happened to him and that she still remained friends with me on Facebook. I was kind of surprised. My ex was extremely verbally and emotionally abusive to me during our marriage, which is why I ended it. I never knew his mom actually thought so highly of me. Only ever saw her a couple days a year at Christmas. No issues, just never grew close. So my oldest calls up grandma right there in the studio and asks her if she'd want a picture with me in it or with just the kids. Grandma asks specifically for a picture with all of us, including me. So I decided to order her a nice glossy 8x10 that I'd matted and framed and mailed that to her. Apparently she hung it right in the entryway, where every time my ex walks in, he sees my smiling face staring back at him. I just wish I could have seen the expression on his face the first time he saw it. I don't know how possible it would be, but to really complete it, next year should have a photo with all of you guys and the grandma in it. Imagine the ex not only having to walk in to see OP's smiling face, but their own mom standing next to them enjoying it too. Would it be worth it to fly her out for that photo just for the mental payback to that ex? Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is from Reddit Admin Dumb87. Never thought I'd be so happy to catch my ex-wife cheating. I'm not even sure if this qualifies as revenge. I think it does, but I'll let the public be the judge. First off, the story occurred many years ago. Let me give you a rundown of the laws around divorce where we lived at the time. Both parties need to agree to the divorce unless one party can prove the other party is at fault. This would mean something akin to cheating there's also other reasons but cheating falls into this now i honestly shouldn't have married my ex-wife but i was young dumb full of gusto she was pretty and i did what i did so after our first year of marriage i came to the conclusion i wanted to end our marriage it wasn't working out for many reasons however my ex-wife did not want a divorce her life was better being married to me than without me and i think she was trying to hold on to that but there was no love. Max's wife set a price of $100,000 to agree to a divorce. This does happen here where if one party wants a divorce and the other doesn't, the party that doesn't want the divorce comes up with a cash payment they want and you negotiate from there. Now, I didn't have $100,000. I could get about $25,000 and I was willing to pay that. Also, we had no kids, we didn't own anything together, etc. We spent a long time going back and forth over money and how much I'd pay her to divorce me. She finally agreed. I was thrilled, I was so happy. I decided I would go out and celebrate, and that night the stars aligned. Now to give you an idea of how utterly lucky I'm about to get, we lived in a city about the size of Chicago, many millions of people, lots of places to go. My friend took me to a new bar in a part of the city I had never been to before. We celebrated, we had a good time. I walked out of the bar around 2.30am and it was like freaking Christmas. There was my wife with another man. I had a hunch she was cheating on me and I was so happy. She was heading for a taxi and I ran and got into a taxi behind her and told the cab driver to follow them much to my enjoyment the taxi was clearly going to my house she gets out i pull out the camera and i get a few pictures of kissing this man once i get the photos i immediately email them to my work account to protect them and i get out of the car and approach the two lovebirds i introduce myself i thank the kind gentleman and i make one request if they want to hook up don't hook up in my house but that's all I then hand her lover my business card, I thank him for all the money he saved me, and tell him that if he ever wants to go grab a beer, I'd be happy to buy him a few rounds. I then wish the two lovebirds all the best and go upstairs and head to bed. To say my ex-wife was livid was an understatement. However, the next morning she pointed out something, and I have no idea how strong her argument could be in a courtroom, but it did concern me. She said since we already agreed to divorce, it wasn't really cheating, and I would still have to pay her. Well, that afternoon, I get a phone call. It's my ex-wife's boyfriend. He apologized for sleeping with my ex-wife. I told him, no worries. He then said he'd like to talk to me. We agreed to meet up, and we do. Turns out he'd been previously cheated on, and apparently my ex-wife lied to him about his relationship status she said we were waiting for our divorce to be finalized which was not true and that she didn't live with me anymore which was not true he also asked me if i'd hooked up with her in the last six months and i said i did turns out their relationship had begun about six months prior and they were actively hooking up with each other and she told them she wasn't hooking up with anyone especially me whoops I asked him if he had any documentation of them dating, and he goes, yeah. He ended up sending me all the pictures he took of them together, some of which included him kissing her, etc. He also sent me numerous screenshots of text messages between her and him, some of which included her clearly lying about her relationship status with me. I put all of this in a folder and backed it up to numerous places to include a USB drive, which I had in my office at work in case she found a way to delete the data, which she never did. I then went to my ex-wife and I had a sit-down with her. I went over the mountain of evidence I had against her. Option A, she agreed to a non-contested divorce. I will give her 30 days to move out. She gets nothing from me and I get nothing from her. Option B, I get a lawyer and I sue the living crap out of her, get a massive judgment against, still get my divorce, and settle her with a ton of debt for the rest of her life. She agreed to the non-contested divorce. That was on a Saturday. That Monday, we went to the courthouse and filed for divorce. This started her 30 days. I shacked up with my buddy so I could be out of her way. We had a court hearing a few weeks later. The judge made it clear we were doing a non-contested divorce. Once he stamps the divorce decree, we have to report this to City Hall, and our divorce will be finalized. Us not having kids or property make it quick and easy. We both agreed, we both signed, judge stamped the documents, I eagerly grabbed my divorce decree and rushed to City Hall to report my divorce and wham bam thank you ma'am I was a free man. I actually ended up becoming friends with the guy that was banging my wife and we still talk today. Although over the COVID-19 pandemic our relationship got distant but not because of a falling out or anything, just not talking to each other. I'd say this is great revenge and honestly, really props on the guy that was willing to help OP out once they were shown the truth. Do you think if you were actively seeing somebody and you found out the truth where you being with them for, let's say, six months was actually behind somebody else's back, would you be willing to share as much as this guy did with OP? Pictures, text messages, etc. Or would you rather just dip from that situation altogether and leave it far behind you? I'd like to know what you guys think down in the comments. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. This next story is from International King 66 Spill a drink on me at a bar and then insult me after? Enjoy getting publicly shamed. So I did something super duper petty last night at our local college bar. Context: I, Paul21, have a best friend named Izzy, fake name who had been dating her ex-boyfriend for a year. During their relationship, he not only cheated on her and gave her herpes, he was also sending multiple girls you know what pics on Tinder and to top it all off, he was casually using gay slurs about me, I'm gay. After they broke up, he began telling people she was ran through and that she gained too much weight to be hot now. She hasn't and he knows this. I hate this man with every fiber of my being. So last night, me and my friend Kate were at our local college bar for karaoke, with Izzy on the way. It's usually pretty low-key. Now, I should also mention I had three drinks and was ordering number four, a Long Island if you were wondering. I was tipsy on the way to drunk. Well, in comes Sam with his glass of beer, and here he comes right toward me, ordering a drink for some new girl he was chatting with. Well, as I'm paying and closing my tab, someone knocked into him and his glass full of beer goes all over me. I take off my beer soaked hoodie and say, excuse you with an eye roll after he didn't acknowledge it and continued to talk to Kate. That's when he says to me, shut up F slur, no one was talking to you. Now usually I don't respond because I'm not someone who really cares about being called a slur. At this point, to me, it's not insulting and I would typically roll my eyes because you clearly can't come up with anything better than my sexuality. But after what he did to Izzy, I decided to have a little fun. Kate opens her mouth to respond, but I say to her, I've got it handled. I walk up to both Sam and this girl and say, hey Sam, with a smile, to which he looks confused and pretended not to know me. I said, remember me? I think it was you that was who was giving herpes to your ex. Remember, the one you were cheating on and didn't tell her you had herpes? Maybe it was- Oh, it was you. Because you were dating Izzy and you gave her herpes. Then I turned to the girl and said, Hey girl, I know I don't know you, but just want to give you a heads up. He has herpes, so go at your own risk. Girl turns to Sam and says, Thanks, jerkhead. Stay the freak away from me. Then she goes up to me and says, let's be friends. Sorry he's such a jerk. Sam turned as red as a stop sign and said, dude, what the freak, not cool. I said back to him, better luck spreading next time. Told Izzy when she came through and she thought it was hilarious. And that's how you handle a freak boy. I'm of the opinion that if you're in that situation and you know that this dude is trying to be, well, a super spreader, then it's only fair, like legitimately very fair, to share the information you know. God forbid you try to save somebody from catching herpes who doesn't have it. Our next story is from Blue Squirrel 333 Teasing me for wearing non-branded shoes for a PE lesson. Enjoy not being able to wear your fancy branded trainers. When I started high school, I forgot my PE kit on the first day. I had to borrow shorts and a shirt from the school. However, they had a rule where if one person forgot their trainers, the whole class had to do the PE lesson in bare feet. This was for health and safety to avoid people's bare feet getting stood on with a trainer. Suffice to say, everyone in my class was unhappy with this. For the second PE lesson, I brought my kit. My trainers at the time were non-branded and therefore cheaper. I got teased mercilessly about this, as everyone else had Nike, Adidas, etc. So I decided that I would forget my trainers again the next week. This meant everyone had to have bare feet. The boys in my class didn't like this, probably because your feet got dirty from the floor and they just preferred wearing trainers. But I didn't really mind. I kept on doing this for the rest of the term just to teach them a lesson. Some would complain to the teacher that I was doing it deliberately, but they just used to shrug and reiterate the safety rules. Does anybody else think that this is a very, very odd rule? That, like, regardless of the increased chance of getting your feet stepped on, you shouldn't force all the kids to go barefoot in a school gymnasium? No, I mean, I trust school janitors as much as everyone else, but sometimes you miss some stuff, and on something like a gym floor, I feel like it's even easier to miss some stuff because... Let's be real, most school gyms aren't going to get meticulously cleaned, probably. Even if it isn't like a missing screw or a nail or something. Like, you don't know what kind of like weird foot fungus might just be lurking in a school gym. Kids are gross, and their feet are probably going to be gross too. And them all in the gym barefoot is pretty darn gross. Our next story is from Art 3448 Want to hide in the bathroom at closing? Okay. Back in the late 80s, I worked at a fast food joint that started with Mick. We would lock the restroom doors 15 minutes prior to closing. As a male, I would knock on the female's restroom door and shout, "Maintenance, is anyone in there? Hearing nothing, would walk in and look across the room under the stalls for feet. About weekly, I would see a pair of legs and would have to wait outside the door. It would take up to 15 minutes for her to come out and laugh. Every time, I would get counseled by the manager for being so slow at closing one night after having a really crappy night i knocked looked and sure enough she's in the stall i yelled again is anyone in there hearing nothing i closed and locked the door it was a deadbolt which only worked from the outside and started taking out trash 10 minutes after we closed there is intense loud beating on the bathroom door manager was pissed as heck and i lost my five cent raise for that period wow but It was worth it to see the look on her face when she was finally let out best part never saw her again in the bathroom I don't really know what this girl was expecting Were they intentionally making OP's life harder at some point? You can only expect that OP is gonna just start working around a lady that is trying to stay well past closing time
0: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash storytimepod. No offense to the restaurant that starts with Mick, but I feel like anybody that's cleaning the women's restroom is not going to keep sticking around 15, 20 minutes after closing time for somebody intentionally taking that long over and over. You just don't get Mick paid enough. This next story is from KMS1410. When quiet quitting doesn't work, let all the work secrets out and watch the world burn. My work environment has been absolute heck for the past year. I let my coworker push all her work onto me, and then when I try to get help from my boss, it turned into me being a bully for going to my boss, even though I never reported anyone, just said I was overwhelmed with my workload. We got told we can no longer report coworkers to management, and the work secrets started piling up from that point on. And today, I just spoke to the CEO of the company and basically unraveled a conspiracy that involved several high-up managers of different departments. I have a job interview tomorrow and will most likely be gone from the work environment before the end of the month, so I'm just going to sit back and watch it all burn down. My only question here is if this whole thing can be like burned to the ground and unraveled by mentioning to the CEO of the company what's going on. Is it really that much of a revenge? Like, shouldn't it honestly just be like the go to thing to do? Go high up enough until somebody listens to the actual issues that's going on? You know, if at all. Now, if the CEO was in on it and there was somebody else you could report it to, that would really be watching the world burn. Our night stories from West Coast Girl 12 made an impatient male Karen wait his turn. After reading a lot of these stories recently, I, 19-year-old female at the time, remembered a revenge story of mine. This happened over a year ago, so sorry if the dialogue isn't perfect. During the pandemic, my family often got takeout from many of our local restaurants to support small businesses that might be struggling. Usually we would just order online or call, but this time my dad had a coupon for Uber Eats, so we ordered through the app and scheduled for pickup. When I got to the restaurant, they appeared to be a lot busier than normal with several people coming and going to get their orders. When I got to the front of the line to ask about my order, they couldn't find it. I was asked a few questions about the order number and what name it could be under. I wasn't sure if my dad had used his name, my name, my mom's name, etc. In order to not hold up the line, I told the server I would step outside for a few minutes to call my dad for answers. I come back inside, and the server I talked to waved me over. It was definitely me he was motioning at since we made eye contact. The hostess was currently busy talking to someone else, and there was a line of people waiting to order from her. I started telling the server the information he needed to find my order. When suddenly a male Karen cleared his throat next to me, I hadn't noticed that he'd followed me over from the back of the line. I thought maybe the server was motioning to this guy instead of me, and I said, Oh, sorry, you go first. To which he quickly snapped back, I will, since I was here before you. The server let out one of those shocked, breathy laughs and said, No, actually, I was helping the young lady first. The male Karen raised his voice a little. Excuse me, did you not see her walk into the store after I was waiting in line for three minutes already? I just want my order taken. The server ignored Mail Karen, and I continued telling him which order to look for. We then found out that my order somehow didn't make it into the system because of some glitch in the Uber Eats app. Mail Karen impatiently grumbled, great, you're done, now me. The server said, I'm sorry sir, we'll need a couple more minutes, OP, we'll have to replace the order. I panicked because I couldn't remember exactly what my other family members had ordered i asked if it was alright to step back outside and call my dad again to ask what was ordered the server just smirked and said no it's alright stay right here and take your time he seemed to be encouraging me to mess with male karen so i did i took another five minutes to call my dad place the order and go over every single item twice to make sure it was all accounted for and went to go sit in the waiting area Mal Karen, who at this point had a vein on his forehead looking like it was about to burst, said, Finally! The server asked how he could help Mal Karen, to which he gritted his teeth and said, I would like to place my order. The server politely replied, I'm sorry, I only help with online orders. If you'd like to place an order to go, please see the hostess. Then motioned over to the line that had grown since he had stepped out of it nearly 10 minutes ago male karen aggressively sighed fine i'll take my business elsewhere and stormed out the server looked over at me and we both giggled after male karen left apparently he regularly called to complain about orders and the staff were tired of dealing with him all the time in this day and age is there ever a time where you would intentionally go into the store to order like, maybe if you were just driving past a restaurant and decided you wanted to stop in. But if you were ever in a situation where you made plans just to get food from a restaurant, would you ever go in person to order? Or would you just always try to make it online? Me, personally, I think I would do it online just about every time. Maybe not for someplace like Subway, where you might want a little more control over the toppings? I don't know. Our next story is from Captain Morgs. Should have let me in. Driving to work this morning was much busier than usual. Kids are back from their holidays, more people going into the office, etc. I'm driving on a public road just before the turning into my work campus. It's two lanes merging into one, and it's slow-moving traffic. I'm in the merging lane. I go to merge, and two cars push forward so I can't merge. They wouldn't let me in. I made eye contact with each car, and they were both visibly irate. The next car lets me in. I was in the correct lane. Weird. Lo and behold they turn into work. We're all driving up to our large multi-story office car park and we all end up parking on the top 6th floor in the few remaining spaces. We all make eye contact again. Awkward. I get to the single lift first and I see one of them semi-jogging slash rushing towards me with heavy bags. I press the closed door button and through the closing doors say good morning just before they close. She was ALMOST within reaching distance. Her face went from friendly and pleaful back to the irate one I saw earlier in the car. Made me smile thinking about it. Petty as freak, I don't care. Sometimes when you're working with jerks in the same office space, it's really the little things that really help you get by. So I don't blame Opie at all in this situation. This next story is from an anonymous poster. 23 years ago, I lent my baby brother $3,000 with only one condition. You're in charge of the payment plan. Soon enough, he told me he was too busy for that and forced me to take charge of the accounting. I decided to add on a 20% jerk tax. Here's the whole story. I'm the middle child in my family and it shows. Alcohol and drug use, violence, punk rock, I mean, you name it. At 19 I joined the service, got booted, spent a year screwing around the country, USA, and fell into the offshore life, meaning I got a job working with the oil rigs. It suited me. Work hard, play hard kind of lifestyle. I had a decent IQ, but completely ADHD. It was my sweet spot. I grasped the mechanics of the job quick, was happy to teach the youngsters, and voila! Within 4 years I was the boss making serious bank. I mean, I hit the sweet spot close to six figures at 29. My little brother Nicky never left our home state and honestly thought I spent my time dealing drugs or prostituting myself or something. He could not conceive of anything outside of high school to college to job to mortgage. After six years of my oil rig work, Nicky decided to get married. He was freaking horrible with money and needed money not just for the wedding, but for flying his bride to the US. He got what was more or less a mail-order bride. He asked to borrow $3,000, but I told him my wedding gift was $2,000. Not satisfied, he asked to borrow $3,000 more. Knowing his poor money management, I begrudgingly agreed, but I had only one requirement. I told him, you are in charge of the payback, not me. I do not want to have to keep track of how much you paid and how much you still owe. I want a monthly statement for every payment. My one requirement, you are responsible for paying me back. Not me. Nicky swore a thousand oaths that he'd take care of it. This lasted about 5 payments. I mean, $200 a month for 15 months is not a hard thing to monitor, especially when Uncle Sam will set up the payment plan for free. But Nikki couldn't be bothered. Within five payments, he was already claiming to forget how much he already paid me. When I reminded him he'd paid less than half the money he owed, he made some snide comments about me ripping him off. Every reminder about him being in charge of the balance was replied with how busy he was to keep track of this crap. I was furious at this point, having insisted he take the lead in the repayment of the loan. My only requirement only to have him try and pass it along to me within six months. So, take over the repayments I did. I was in the US, he was in some crappy country overseas. I copied all of his receipts, kept a running tally, and decided to add on an extra $600. He threw a tantrum with about half the remaining payments, but he paid them. I got my money eventually. It wasn't worth all the BS I had to go through, I tell the story to all of the family members, and little Nicky hit up three of them for a loan, only to be denied. He whines to this day that I turned the family against him. Honestly, family or not, anybody that is that bad with money who keeps asking around for it deserves to be exposed for how bad they've handled money and how much they've tried to take advantage of other people. Our next story is from Mama Lion 12 I damaged her car and I don't care. I've lived in my condo for around three years now. We have assigned parking within our lot. Well, I've always had a hard time with the person that parks next to me. She is constantly parked over the line and into my space. I have to park clear up against the person on the other side or I can't get in or out. I've talked to her so many times and she always says she won't do it again. She always does. I'm sick of it. Today, when I came back from an appointment, she was parked clear over again. Well, I'm done being nice. I parked in my space like a normal person and that left about 6 inches between my driver door and her passenger. I've told her repeatedly that she's going to get damaged one day. Today was the day. I slammed my car door against hers and pushed it so I could shimmy out, but it was a trick. I didn't leave a note. I don't feel bad. She brought it upon herself. I've even tried getting the property managers to get her to stop and she hasn't listened. I'm done being nice. I damaged her car, and I don't care. This problem's been well documented for years. I'm done. I definitely feel for OP, but I feel like most of us can probably agree that the way OP went about it just was a little too much. I fully understand that there's a point where it just gets to feel too much, but going and damaging somebody else's car, it feels good I imagine, but like it's probably only gonna cause way more issues down the line. Our next story is from JLM20566. In memory of my deceased twin sister, my twin sister died over five years ago. However, my ex-brother-in-law thought that he needed to keep physical possession of my twin sister's body in order to sue the hospital for what he perceived as a wrongful death. To say that he wasn't well-versed in law is a complete understatement, but when he made us beg for her body back, that was an extremely low point for me however i received a text from a distant relative last friday and i thought that this would be an appropriate place to share it so remember r's husband c evidently he died and we're next of kin guess whose body got donated to the medical board today i can't even begin to describe the relief that i felt upon receiving this information because i felt like this man finally received what he deserved maybe he'll fittingly have an end like some of those stories you hear of people who had their bodies donated where they end up strapped down onto a chair in the middle of a field and blown to smithereens to see what happens. In reality, that's a true story that came out. Some guy, I believe, found out that his mom who had donated their body was actually blown up to see what would happen. And our final story of the day is from Shmoe, how my coworker got trapped in the train. I have an annoying coworker who started to hide my or my other colleague's stuff because he thinks it's hilarious. We told him to stop, but he continued. Our crappy boss didn't want to intervene and we should solve this issue ourselves. So since I didn't want to be on his level and start a petty hiding war, I decided to ignore and socially exclude him because he's a very extroverted person who always thrives on small talk and gossip. Now, we take the same train to work each morning. As always, he has his headphones in and is focusing on his smartphone. Normally, I would greet him, take the seat next to him, and he would start a conversation. But today, I walked past him and chose a different section. The train stopped a few stations before our destination because of construction work that started today. Everyone had to get off and change to another train line or the bus to continue their travel, as that was announced several times in the train. Guess who didn't hear those announcements because of his headphones? That's right, my crappy co-worker after everybody got off the train the doors were shut for half an hour he was trapped in there then the train drove back to the central station resulting him to be more than an hour late to work our boss was furious all of this could have been avoided if he wasn't such a childish jerk i certainly don't blame op Anybody that treats me like the way this co-worker did would probably start to get treated from me like Bruce Willis was all throughout the movie The Sixth Sense, just constantly trying to talk to people and engage people and getting nothing but stonewalled in return. That said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.